Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, hello, hello. I'm your Long Island medium hostess with the mostest, Michael Munoz. And welcome to In Yo Mouth! In Your Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood. To lick it right, lick it good, show you how to... Oh, God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Your Mouth. <laughs> Hey there and welcome back, folks. Once again, I'm your hostess with the most is Munoz. And it's the end of August, folks. We made it. Somehow, <laughs> somehow we blinked and we are here. Um, and yet I have still only been to the beach once during this whole mess. But let me tell you something. The tan is on fleek, people. The tan is on fleek and I am still eating everything in sight. Oh my goodness. How y'all doing out there, people? I am so excited for today's episode because, because the man that is on the other line, I have been gently and gingerly sliding into his DMs probably <laughs> since he uh, began. And I am so excited to have him here to laugh and talk with him. Please help me welcome the one the only, the grub father, Sal hey. Benedetto. Hey. Hey, what's going on, man? Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks for taking time out of your extremely, extremely busy schedule um, just for my good <laughs> podcast, you know? Oh, of course. Well, I wanted to make this happen for so long, but it's just been like, you know, our scheduling problems were whatever, but here we are. So yeah, I'm ready to um, dive in deep. Yes, and something happened uh, recently that we're going to get into that I hit you up and I was like, now there is no excuse. You have to come on so we yes. can throw a big old party. But for those of you out there who may not know who Sal is, right? Sal Benedetto is a 29-year-old entrepreneur and influencer from Long Island, New York. Long uh, Island. <laughs> is a... Uh, is, are you one of these people that believe Brooklyn is part of Long Island or are you, are we two separate things? Well, I mean, culturally we're two separate things, but geographically, you know, it's the same. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I'm a Bay Ridge boy, Sunset Park Bay Ridge originally. Okay. So, okay. Uh, okay. We're not fighting. That's great. <laughs> no, it's fine. I actually lived in uh, Windsor Terrace, Brooklyn for four years. Oh, fancy. Yeah. 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 I love So that. I was a Brooklyn boy for a bit too. 
Yeah, I'm, I mean, you fit right in. I'm sure. I am sure. I <laughs> um, so Sal is also the create or is the creative director of The Grub Father and the CEO of The Connect Agency. The Grub Father is a platform with an audience of over 230,000 food and travel lovers who are known as the Grub Fam. So, and I am definitely, I feel like an original grub fam or sal I'm- <laughs> you are you definitely are the messages prove it <laughs> listen i i stand by all my messages <laughs> okay it's no the only- they were all great i just wish no? that you know i could have fully diverged in the past no, of, you good. know where our connection was no, no shame no shame on this pod honey <laughs> no shame. but before we get anywhere i wanted to wish you happy national cherry popsicle day Ooh, national national cherry popsicle day okay, okay. yeah right you're uh, popping my cherry today it seems uh oh okay you know what <laughs> i <laughs> I accept, I accept and I would, is all I'm going to say. Y'all, if you don't know who Sal is and who the Grub Father is, please, while you're listening to this, just go on Instagram and type in the Grub Father. He will come right up and look at that pache. I mean, he is like Pizza McHotterson, I would say. <laughs> uh, you know, like Mac and Cheese McDreamy. Uh, the face is... I'm loving all these terms. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah right? I, yep. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do all your intros for you if you need, right? People. I people think that's great. I th- you actually just gave me my new grinder profile. Oh, okay. Mac and Cheese yeah. McDreamy. There we go. <laughs> all right. So now I know how to find you there too. Great. There you go. <laughs> but back to Mac Cherry... Mac and Cheese McDreamy. There we Mac go. Mac and Cheese. I don't, oh, I don't know if that's like sexy or not, but like... Attached to your, attached to Grinder, <laughs> maybe not. Attached to your Instagram, most definitely. Maybe. Yes, there you go. Okay. <laughs> but back I'm to popping cherries and um, National Cherry Popsicle Day. I often ask my guests who invents these things and like where they come from. Do you have any idea like why why we're just celebrating National Cherry Popsicle Day? You know, I think that food holidays just give, um, I don't know how long they've been around for, but if I had to take a guess, they probably all took their rise around the time that like Instagram and like Facebook started and it gave media a way to kind of keep uh, relevancy with what they were posting. I think we've gotten a little bit crazy now in that sense, because now it's like, you know, national corn tortilla with black beans, but no meat and a little bit of cheese and sour cream day. But I think that it definitely helped to like keep media um, have headlines, especially within food. Yeah. Yeah. Have you had a popsicle this summer? I have mm, a popsicle, a boozy popsicle. Yes, I have actually. Yeah. I haven't even had that. This summer blows, even though I feel like I'm having a good time somehow, you know, it's, it's been a crazy summer. I think that it's definitely just kind of like given us a new perspective on how we should really be like living our lives uh, there was a lot of things that I feel like people didn't even realize they needed to kind of like learn during this time. So yeah, yeah there's yeah. there's been a lot of purging and a lot of learning. I feel, you know, yes, for so sure. All of that out of National Cherry Popsicle Day. Exactly, <laughs> we just went deep on National Cherry Popsicle Day. So 
There we go. <laughs> and taking you right into this day in gay history, because we always need to call on our gay voices of the past. In 1904, Krista Isherwood is born in Wybersleg Hall, United Kingdom. Do you know who Christopher Isherwood is, Sal? Christopher Isherwood. I do not it know. Came it, it came in the box. It came in the box. Did it? Was it next to the unicorn or No, it was oh, next okay. it was next to the DVD of Cabaret. <laughs> like the Paris is burning one or No, one? Ca- Cabaret. Cabaret with Liza Minnelli. Oh, Cabaret with Liza Minnelli. Got All it. right. You know um, what? We're going to I don't to... know who he is. I don't okay. know who he is, but so. uh, do tell me. <laughs> so Christopher Isherwood was an Anglo-American novelist, playwright, screenwriter, autobiographer, and diarist. His best-known works include Goodbye Berlin, a a semi-autobiographical novel which inspired the musical Cabaret, A Single Man, adapted as a film by Tom Ford, and Christopher and His Kind, a memoir which carried him into the heart of the gay liberation movement. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So he had a lot to do with um, kind of like, uh, what you call it? I guess theater, right? Yeah. Is that, well, did they turn Cabaret into a, a show? Yes. Uh, yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my or God. Or has it gotten the full treatment? Is it like a movie, a show? It's a movie. It's a show. It's Liza okay. Minnelli. It's okay. Judy Carlin's daughter. So it was like, a, it, was it a cultural reset a little bit? Like it like redefines some types of, you know. Yeah, he definitely left his make. Uh, he definitely made his mark. And then Cabaret, uh, which came like. It was like associated with him because it came out of one of his books, you know, is definitely a cultural stamp, you know, which we are just going to pause this podcast right now so I can take (laughs) Sal to watch (laughs) Cabaret. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to watch that. So it's Christopher Isherwood's birthday. Uh, yeah. Happy birthday, Christopher. Happy birthday, Christopher. Yeah. Happy birthday to you. But let's get into the nitty gritty. Um, so, from whence came the Grub Father? Like, what made you like decide one day, right, to just be like, I'm just going to be this big Long Island food influencer with like mac and cheese and pizzas and sauces and cheese pulls and like, <laughs> where did all that come from? Well, I was a waiter my whole entire life. So even before being a waiter at the legal age of what, like 14 years old of working in a restaurant. Um, I was working on street fairs with my parents because they actually um, did had a pina colada and lemonade stand at all the street fairs, you know, in New York City, San Gennaro. They did uh, the Pride Festival actually many times. So, um, you know, they actually met at San Gennaro themselves. And I'd been, you know, just slinging pina coladas and lemonade since I was two years old, I guess, whenever I could stand up. But um that kind of got me accustomed to wanting to get into that hospitality without even realizing it. And then I remember I got a job at a restaurant and um, I just fell in love with the idea of serving people food and um, learning about food and, and all that type of stuff. So I, I worked in a lot of pizzerias when Instagram started, I just kind of dove in head first into that food realm of it. Cause it, that was one of the really hot topics of Instagram at the time was food photography and food porn. So I hopped in and, you know, I had a few great collaborations, right place, right time. And the following kept growing. And I was living in Brooklyn, actually, at the start of it. And I was moving back to Long Island. And I was like, it's over. I was like, that's it. 
I was like, that was a great run being a food blogger, but nothing is going to happen for me on Long Island until I realized when I got to Long Island, nobody was doing what I was doing. So it just kind of busted this lane wide open. And um, I was just, you know, rolling with it. So then I got a huge Long Island following, which was great because you know, those are my people. That's where I like, grew up and was raised. And uh, let yeah. me tell you, let me tell you out there, um, Sal, I have a bunch of Long Island lady friends who are obsessed with you. Oh, really? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, ladies, ladies of the Long Island studio of music out there. Uh, I love it. Well, yep. hello, ladies. I hope they, you hear this. And thank you for being a follower. <laughs> yeah. Listen, listen, I, I'm always sharing the love when I can, especially, especially with, um, local food people who are doing you know who are doing what you right. do it's like well you're already on long island and he's posting all what looks like all this amazing food and all these yep. amazing things like why aren't you following him because you're always looking for some place new to go you exactly. know well thank you appreciate that i mean yeah. it's so important to just be able to kind of like support other local people um and you know look i, I do a lot of stuff with international and national brands but a huge thing too is kind of shining that spotlight on the local businesses and i think that that's a huge kind of thing we've just seen erupt in the past like decade is this shift from these big chain restaurants to people wanting to be foodies right and check out the little hole in the wall spots and find that spot nobody knew of but now they know about it and they can tell all their friends so you know yeah, yeah i'm <laughs> and i think that applies to what's happening today in the world too like um highlighting and spotlighting really uh, local businesses, right, that are producing really good things that actually may need help at this time as well. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, and I haven't dove that deep into your Instagram, so I don't know if you're doing a lot of that, but, like, just all the promotion that you do as is on a daily basis of all these local joints, um, I'm sure helps them out um, a ton. Well, I take it even a step further, and, you know, my my agency, which is called The Connect, it's a mar it's a digital marketing company and a creative agency, right? So what we're doing is we're actually helping all of these restaurants to build out their own social media platforms. So their Instagrams are popping. You know, they have the best videos, the best photos that are getting pumped out to their people and um, creative captions and all of that. So yes, in a sense, like yes, on the page my on the Grubfather, we are highlighting and and promoting all of these places, but. What I really find valuable is that I could take it a step further and, and make a difference for them on a daily basis. And a lot of my clients have actually seen an increase in sales this year compared to last year, despite everything with COVID. Because what COVID did was kind of give restaurants an opportunity. If your marketing is good, you're going to win. Yeah, you know? because it's because, all takeout. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, that's been a very interesting idea. And, and it's been great to see my clients prosper because it makes me feel like, me and my team know what we're doing and it's working. So that's been great. Yeah, that's a, that's really amazing. And I mean, just to keep this restaurant industry alive, which is, you know, suffering so much now um, and two people who are doing, um, who are very niche market, if I do say so myself, um, yes. uh, within what they're doing, you know, cause you're, you're very local and I'm here, you know, telling people stories um, through a food lens. It's kind of like, shifting that focus in a different way to these to these restaurants in need and that domino effect ends up uh you know 
not only helping the restaurants and helping the, the business owners, but therefore domino affecting into the staff, domino affecting into the delivery people, you know, the cooks and so on and so forth. So I think that's really, really awesome. And I think it's also something to note too, especially like with um, everything that's going on with COVID and saving restaurants and all that. What you're going to find is that a lot of people do, um, like it's, it's a, the types of businesses are really what's being affected because the fine dining, the, the places that really thrived on sit down and bar, they're taking the biggest hit because a lot of places that do, that are doing pizza and burritos and tacos and um, heroes, you know, they're, they're winning right now because they've had such a great takeout audience for so long that this is just enhancing that. My fear is that we're going to see kind of the end of the fine dining restaurants because think about some of the most iconic places in New York city itself, like 11 Madison park. I, I would love to see them be able to kind of curate a way for them to kill it on takeout, but are they going to be able to hold on to their prices and their price points in doing that? Because I know I sure as hell, I'm not paying a thousand dollars to take out food. Exactly. So that's what my biggest fear is for places like that who were at the top of the world, right? They were, these people were at the top of the food chain. They had their reputation, they had their name, they had the amazing food, but now the, the cultural norms have shifted and they're now at the bottom and kind of having to figure out how do I survive in this, in this climate? Yeah, for and sure. And the pizzeria join is like, I'm, I'm killing it, you know? Yeah, because it's like, well, what are we having? To, what's quick and easy for the kids and, and so on and so forth? You know, right. the pizza, the hot dogs, the hamburgers, so on and so forth. Um, two things to that, uh, to that sentiment. Someone was talking to me the other day about this, like make your own taco place. And I was like, if I'm going out to eat, I don't want to have to like work. Like if I wanted to make my own tacos, I would. Wait, as in like you have to like go and scoop the meat and all that? Well, like, no, they'll like, out. like you just build it out. They'll cook it. For okay. You, but you like, well, like, but like, I, I kind of like that though. I, know, I, I like being able to like, uh, I like the user experience of being able to put a man, but I do think that it's also important for them to have their own signature combos. Exactly. But at the same time, uh, how long is that going to last with this, right? That's not going to, that's not feasible in this time because everybody's hands and, and fingers oh, right. and things are in there. 100%. And most, um, like a month ago or so, I had uh, sous chef Kate Palayo of Tau LA on the pod. And she was talking about their um, takeout game and how things come with like little like instruction cards and stickers and like little sauce things and how to like plate and so on and so forth. And so they were trying to build out that user experience to keep mm -hmm. that like Tau experience at home since you're taking out. I don't know if the price point has changed, even though there's a lot of like fancy sushi at Tau as well. But yeah, um, yeah I'm really interested to just see how that all plays out, especially if you can only get like um, fine dining from like Postmates or like Caviar, which are like higher end delivery services. So you're already play paying a premium on the delivery. And then on top of that, you're paying right. more money for the fine dining. Yeah, I, I think that it's just, um, just seeing how many restaurants have kind of morphed their takeout game has been a very interesting um, thing to observe. And I think that, you know, the, the whole restaurant industry in general during this time period and the pan during the pandemic, it's going to be interesting to look back and see what long lasting effects, you know, it has had on, on dining, which, cause I think it's obviously going to have a huge impact on um, 
this industry and it's going to have long-term effects. I think that, you know, once we get through the pandemic and we have a vaccine, we're going to go back to the lifestyle and the stuff that we once had, like bar life, sitting at bars and enjoying ourselves. But until we get there, there's definitely going to be a little bit of like a huge shift in how restaurants operate. Yeah, I I completely agree. And I want to like take a short turn um, in talking about like looking back and and um, seeing shifts happen during this quarantine. Recently, you had a really major life event happen. Yes. And, you know, you're going to look at uh, back at this time um, in a really special way, I would think, right? Um, right? Well, let's uh, tell the kids what just happened about two months ago. <laughs> so two months ago, I actually came out um, on my page and, you know, told everybody that I was gay. Uh, but, you know, just a, a little background fact for you, yeah. I actually came out last August to friends and family. So it has almost been a year that I've actually been out, um, but it was a long journey to get there. And I really wanted to um, give myself time to come out to my friends and family, give myself, you know, a, a year to to take it all in, to learn things, to understand this, who I am, and uh, before I put it out there to the general public, because I just felt that time was so precious to kind of like learn about myself and learn about the gay experience because you know, that's, it's just like uh, living a whole different life. Boy, is it an experience. <laughs> it is an experience. So as I he, had to give as he says, posting pictures from fire Island, you know, <laughs> socially distant photos, socially distant. Yes, 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 yes. But you know? you know, I had, I had that fire Island experience last year when I came out, I made gay friends and you know, they took me under their wing and I've been friends with them almost you know, for, since I came out last year. So, um, you know, it was an interesting thing to do at 29 years old and I've had girlfriends my whole life. Um, and it's been a long journey and just arriving here. And I feel the most comfortable I've ever felt in my whole life at this current day. Well, congrats. And we Thank are here you. to throw a party. I put up the cray paper and, and <laughs> there's it. rainbow flags. There's, oh, there's one up there. <laughs> We're throwing a party for Sal. Um, no, so this story is uh, your journey, I should say, is twofold here. And I want to explore it for a second um, because I always say on the pod that our our stories, especially our coming out stories as gay men, LGBTQIA people, queer people, um, are are each unique and we never know who's listening and who it can help out there. And oh, so right. and so coming out first to your friends and family, what was that like a year ago? And like what made you decide this was this needs to happen now? So I knew that it was a time because I had actually taken, um, you know, me and a girl who I was dating very seriously. We had broken up in January. So I gave myself that time. I think it was eight months between then and August uh, to travel the world to um, just kind of like, you know, take some time to myself and really look inwards and see like, what is what I want, you know, like, where, who am I? And when people say like they soul searched, I genuinely did soul search. That went everywhere. I was in Hawaii. I was in Singapore. I was, you know, in Monaco, um, Amsterdam. I, I did. I went everywhere across the world. And I came to the conclusion, actually, like it was in Paris and I was with my cousin and I just realized I was just like, this is who I am. Like, I'm a gay man. You know, this is where I, I can now identify it. And my cousin's one of my best friends. 
So she was one of the first people who like, you know, people I'd known in the past, I was like curious or like, you know, I had experimented, but to actually like say and say those words and be confident in it. Um, that was super important for me when I came out to my, you know, I, I came out to my friends and family, it was nothing but positive reactions. And I feel really blessed for that because I know that it came to a shock to so many people. Um, you know, I, I still deeply care about, uh, my ex-girlfriend and to this day where we are like very good friends. But for me, that was really important to kind of, uh, make sure I did it in a respectful way in a way that respected like what her journey was going to be through it as well. And just like, you know, my mom and my dad had this whole image of me of growing up and having kids with a woman and getting married to a woman and, you know, having that life. So I think it kind of comes as a little bit of a death to the life they thought I was going to live. Um, so I tried to do it as peacefully, respectfully, and um, happy as possible. But, and I got uh, nothing but great reactions. That's incredible. Was that a positive reaction or a negative reaction from the parental units? It was very positive. Oh, perfect, perfect, uh, My mom perfect. thought that I was like joking around. She thought I was playing like a joke on her for a solid day. And then she finally like realized it. And then um, I didn't want to tell my dad at first, just because like, I don't know, it's not that he's any type of way. He's always been a very accepting guy, but that was like a very nerve wracking one for me. Um, and she was like, listen, if you don't tell him after, you know, a week went by, she's like, I'm going to have to. So like, you got to you know, do something. So I told him and his first words were like, give me a hug. And, um, then I told my, all my family shortly after that. And then it was kind of like known, you know, if you were my friend or I talked to you personally, um, I would never lie about it. It was just very something I was like open about, but not screaming per se on my blog. That's, um, yeah, that's, that's incredible. And congrats on that story and that beautiful journey of yours. And I totally, well, I, Mentally, as um, a fellow gay man here, I get this whole dad thing, although I haven't seen my father in, since I was 14 or something like that. Um, but so I never got a chance to come out to him. But I get that thing, whether whether accepting or not, like I feel like the male figures that that impression of like, I need to be a certain way, whether they're whether they're um, putting that on you or not, it's like that fear is there. And I forget who I was talking to about this on the pod not that long ago, about like the fear. It, there's just like this, and we don't know where it comes from, this inherent fear that like, oh, something bad's going to happen, even though there were no signals of anything bad happening, right. you know? Yeah. And and not everyone's so lucky. So, um, and blessed. Well, that, that's ex that's extremely camera. true. Yeah. So and that's the thing that hit me the hardest, you know, with this whole thing was understanding that not everybody has that easy journey. Not everyone's parents hug them when they tell them. Um, some people lose their lives, you know, over it. So mm -hmm. that was definitely not lost on me. No. Uh, and listen, I threw my mother in the deep end of the pool. Jesus, I did. <laughs> Told her did one. Did a life raft? A life raft not even. The poor okay. thing. But she's great. She 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 loves her a gay bar. She's uh, she's always begging Good. me to go out. That's usually how it happens, honestly. Yeah. You know, it's so, like, I feel like a lot of people I've talked to, they said, you know, my mom or my dad hated it at first. And then, you know, I had to kind of like lay it out to them. Like, this is who I am. And now they will come with me to Fire Island, you know? So, yeah. 
It's yeah. In, yeah, it's incredible. And just by the deep end of the pool, uh, queer as folk, because um, I'm just a hair older than you are, 132 days till my 40th birthday, by the way. And um, that's uh, for your age. Right, what? Like the new 30. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, wow. 40 is the wow. new 30. Spoke, you know what? Spoken like a I true gay man. Just shady. Just shady. <laughs> just, you know what? A year into this, and it seems like you got the hang of it, Sal. <laughs> I made him oh, blush, man. people. No, um, <laughs> Queer as Folk was really big back then, and I was really into it. And so I used to hide watching it from her. And then the, I came out one day, and then the next day we were watching Queer as Folk together. And she did not know, I did not throw her a life raft. But oh, she, you know, she held her own for sure. Good, I, I was good. talking, um, this thing is twofold because coming out to your audience is a whole different experience, I, I oh, could yeah. imagine. And what yeah. was that response like? So at first, right before I pressed go on it, I was just like, wow, I, I don't know what's going to happen here. You know, I, I said I could lose a lot of followers. Not to say that, like, I think that the world is a bad place in that regard, but just like, you never know, you know? Yeah. And I remember the, I was actually- The internet is fickle. I was in the internet's a crazy place. And I was at 199,000 followers at that day. And I was like, all right, let's see what this does. You know, just like, I was just curious. So I pressed, you know, go on it. And at first I got a few hateful comments. I got, um, I lost about like a hundred followers, but then the needle turned and all of a sudden it was just like this outpouring of love. Um, and within like, I don't know, a few weeks now I'm at 230,000 followers. And I mean, you know, that's because of the food and stuff like that. I'm not going to say I came out and I got 30,000 extra followers, but I will say that I think that my audience really took to the fact that I was being authentic with them and felt comfortable enough to, you know, share this other side of myself. And um, it was a beautiful, overall, a very beautiful experience. And I'm just really uh, proud to have the people that follow me, follow me because it was such an incredible moment. And that's really? in, yeah, that's incredible. And yeah, the internet's the internet's a the internet's a crazy place. And you know where everyone has an opinion, and their opinion matters. And I'm sure you see a lot of that, um, a lot with oh, so many. I, well, you know what? I've gotten to the point now where um, I just go ahead and if anyone leaves a negative comment on my page or on a post, whether it's like you know the food looks like shit or like you know you're so annoying, I hate your voice because I do my voiceovers, I just delete it. In the past, I used to respond. Now I just have no time for it. You know what? If you spend your time leaving negative comments, I'm so sorry, but you know it's not gonna it's not gonna live here. So spend your time, you know, writing sentences. You just wasted your time because it's gone now. So yeah. yeah. All right. We, we haven't we haven't hit the clapback queen phase of your of your <laughs> gay journey. <laughs> I have definitely clapped back a few times, but. For me, it's just like, I don't know, it doesn't fit my brand, you know? Yeah, it doesn't of fit my brand not. to like just curse someone out. Because I, I, listen, I am all about um, being a very positive person. I'm all about keeping your energy at 100%. I like to look at the glass half full. And to me, to just to give anybody else that energy is is doing yourself a disservice. So even, listen, anybody who's like listening, if people are giving you negativity, just turn the cold shoulder to it because all it's going to do is bring you down you know 
Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Listen, the only people I clap back uh, to my little following is uh, those uh, DM us for a collaboration. All oh the, my God. all the bots. Those are, that's the worst. Instagram needs to do something about that. Right. I can't believe you check all those comments, but we're going to talk about that in the minute because I think now is a perfect time to take a quick break to take sell into my favorite part and your favorite part of the pod. A little something we like to call Sal. Food news update. Food news. Food news, honey. You ain't ready, girl. Spill the tea. News update. KFC is donating one million pieces of chicken to help feed the new wave of frontline workers. Lucky frontline workers. Um. So the KFC is donating 1 million pieces of chicken to um, teachers actually this time because during like the the like really hard part of the um, quarantine and the pandemic even though we're still in the hard part of it KFC donated a million pieces of chicken from its franchises to give out to doctors nurses and other first responders and so last week KFC announced its new back to school buckets initiative which honors educators who are heading back to classrooms amid the ongoing pandemic one million more pieces of chicken will be sent to franchises to fry up and they will be delivered to local teachers whether they are teaching in person or virtually they represent America's new wave of frontline workers. Thanks, Delish.com, for that. Wow, well, that's awesome. I actually have a collaboration coming out with KFC very shortly because uh, they have these new fries on their menu that are fantastic. Yeah, yes. All right. Listen. Okay, I- KFC. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled it because I thought I was on brand, and now I'm really on brand. Oh, you're on brand, honey. You are on brand. Yes, we love fried chicken here on In Your Mouth, whether, you know, any form of it. So, fried chicken and champagne is the best combination. Fried chicken and champagne. All oh, right. We're, we're about to have to get married, Sal. <laughs> <laughs> you said, you said the. The two G-spot words, fried chicken and champagne. I know. It's the best combo you'll ever have. (laughs) Well, it looks like Sal and I are here. Now I'm blushing all of a sudden. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It looks like we are here for this KFC. Good for you. Uh, Keep up the good work. And I'm really excited to see your collab with them, Sal. Thanks. Yeah, that's a good one. You can get IPAs delivered to you by adoptable dogs through this California brewery today, actually. So um, today is also National Dog Day, if you didn't know, Sal. Today is National Dog Day? Yes, and not like the men who are dogs, right? Well, you know, I got a few of those. Oh, ooh, a few of them. <laughs> 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 I'm we gotta kidding. get in. We gotta hurry up and finish this food news update. I, I need to know more. <laughs> um, do you want my response to that headline? Yes. Sorry, I, we're just in it. My response is sign me up because there is nothing that I love more than rescue dogs. My dog's a rescue dog. Oh, what kind of dog is it? She is apparently an Italian mastiff mixed with a husky, but she looks like a black lab. Oh, amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I live in 120 square feet in Times Square, so I have no room for a dog. I barely have any room for myself. So well, I have a dog and two cats. So I'm just, you know, I, I just can't stop rescuing animals. It's like, yeah, my, I, one of my... I think I would too. I think yeah. I would too. But I have also a lot of friends that are allergic. 
Um, <laughs> but on this National Dog Day, the California-based Golden Road Brewing is delivering its new Hazy Pup IPA beer directly to people's doors along with adoptable dogs from the dog rescue wags and walks. Beer-to-door beer service and the potential to fall in love with a new furry friend is available to you from August 27th to August 29th from 12 to 4. All you have to do is order some Hazy Pup IPA, you know, and then you get some Hazy Pup IPA and 30 minutes of doggy play time for 50 bucks. Wow. Well, you know what? I would do it just for the dog playing. Right. And then you'd end up <laughs> and then you'd and end up with like, adopting it. Yep. Yeah, so two more dogs. There's that. Yeah. I've thought of um fostering because like the foster periods aren't like super long sometimes here in the city. Um, yeah, I couldn't do that because I would just wind up adopting every single one. I think that's a foster that, failure, I believe they call it. Yep, that's what would I would be. I would I wouldn't be able to say goodbye, you know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I have a hard time yeah. saying goodbye. So, um, yeah, so this is happening in California. Um, guys, Golden Road Brewing, bring this to New York City because Sal and I definitely would be on board with this. The nacho table trend on TikTok must be the most fun dinner you might make at home during quarantine. Have you seen this? Yes, and I'm not that impressed. <laughs> I actually think it's really, really gross. It's disgusting, and it's like, come on. Like, this is your response to COVID-19? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, let's invite... So, in your mouth, listeners, basically, the nacho table trend is you cover your table in, like, cellophane or something you don't care about, and you throw a bunch of chips on, and some you throw some guacamole in a corner, and you throw a bowl of cheese somewhere else, and you... And everything's yeah. just on the table, and it's a make-your-own-mess. It's kind of like a messier version of a cheese board. Yeah, uh, I'm not into it. No, I, I think it's like bacteria, and I'm not even that much of a germaphobe, but I feel like it's just like waiting. Yeah, me either, but it's just like, you know, listen, I think nachos are fantastic. I think sharing them between you and like someone else that, you know, you love or like you're around all the time, whatever. But in this day and age, I'm going to say like you could skip on the nacho appetizers. For like yeah. big groups of people. Yeah, right? Like, it just sounds like you're just going to, you know, make your family unhealthy. <laughs> not yeah, exactly. Just, no. No, no. There, there are better things you can put in yo mouths. Trust. In theory, it's a cool idea. Just the executions that I've seen, I'm just not a fan of. You know, like, why can't we use a bowl? Like, why, yeah. why, why can't, can't we, we just dip, dip it into the cheese, you know? And yeah, well, dipping is no longer the dipping. The dipping phases is true. The dipping days are done and over. Personal with. dipping, though. Yeah, like, yeah. There's somebody out there, crafty lumberjacks. If you're listening, like, hit me up. Let's collab. And with that, <laughs> I think that's a great way to end food news update. I hope that left you inspired and just like brought you to a place of zen. I do. I like that segment. That was great. I learned, you know, about adoption dogs and beer and and COVID nineteen festivities and yeah, yeah all sorts of yeah. things. You know, we yeah. bring you we bring you the latest and greatest in food news here. Um, so I've noticed you're cooking a lot lately. Have you been? Mm. Uh, now let me t- let me ask you something because you you seem to be like you're in good shape, but 
also everything you post is sauce, cheese, carbs. Um, How do you avoid eating it all and staying in such good shape here? Well, I taste test everything because for me, the number one thing for my page is being able to um, promote places that are really good because obviously my integrity with my audience is number one for me. And I recognize that there are people that only get to go out once a month for date night, you know, or only get to spend money once a month on, you know, having a nice meal at a restaurant. So if they're using my page as a guide, I feel it my duty to only promote places to that, that enhance someone's um, or to have an enhanced experience for someone's taste buds. Right. Uh, so that's always been number one for me. So I always taste test things. And then I, I love to share with my friends, um, people that are on photo shoots with me, the waiters and servers, uh, you know, it's, it, it's definitely something that is fun because food is meant to be shared. Right. And yeah. sharing is caring. So, you know, I'll shoot a whole, you know, I'll shoot a whole menu of things and then call my friends up and be like, if I have leftover tacos from a shoot, hey, you know, break out the tequila. Let's make some margaritas and eat some tacos. I need some tacos. Yeah. Um, but you're cooking a lot more lately in the style of what you post as well. I've seen mm-hmm. like you're posting like kind of like quick TikTok-y, but not TikTok-y, um, like kind of recipe vids as well, like from home. Yep. Yes? yes. Yes. So, I, yeah, I, I, I've always loved to cook. It's something that yeah. like I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the, the person that I'm seeing right now is a fantastic cook. So that is I was always, just, yeah, you beat me to the punch. Did you know I was going there? <laughs> yes. yes I, I figured it was on the table, but, um, <laughs> you know, so he's a fantastic cook and we have fun in the kitchen. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. You eat and eat in the kitchen. I love Precisely. it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, are we gonna get a glimpse of Mr. Man on the on the um site at any time or or will he forever stay incognito? Uh you know, we'll see how things go. And... All right. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like I just asked you to say I love you. <laughs> you were like, I care for you too. No. <laughs> you can have you can have a glimpse right now if you want to tell the audience what you think. Oh yeah. I'll, I'm sure I'm sure he's equally as handsome. Hold on. Yeah. Are you just listening to this whole thing? Oh he's he listening to me. He can't hear you. Yes, that's right, because you have your AirPods in. Yes, but- I love it. I'd watch the videos in your mouth, listeners. <laughs> I would watch the videos and that's all you need to know. You would sure. love our food videos and yep. you know. That's what I'm talking videos. about. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> oh, talking about anything, right? Sign up for my OnlyFans link in bio. No. <laughs> um listen, a, a lot of the times we ask to slide into the DMs. It hasn't happened yet, but if someone starts to slide in your DMs, the rule is you have to share with me because I am like quarantine life, single quarantine life is very lonely over here, Sal. Oh, my listen, my DMs can be a, a battleground at times. It's oh my god, very I can... interesting. But <laughs> listen, it's also you know craziest DM you've ever received. Um, craziest DM I've ever ever received. A guy asking me to bang his girlfriend. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, you know what, people. Yeah. 
people are into it, I guess. Whatever. Listen, I don't, I don't judge you anybody. Know, listen, I'm not, who, who are we to yuck anyone's yum? Um, the grandfather, the grandfather has taken you to a lot of different places as well. Um, favorite place you've been like favorite, like place and food experience. Um, I would say that my favorite food experience has been in Sicily when I found my cousin, like my long lost cousin's restaurant uh, with my family. And then I returned there a year later when I went back to Sicily and the food has consistently just been like mind blowingly good. And just the experience of like being in the town where my, my whole family grew up and, um, eating at a restaurant there was very surreal i will say that and that's been a really amazing thing for me and uh you know that is definitely among them but i I, listen it's so hard to pin it down because i have so many favorite food experiences and moments and uh the world is just filled with incredible places to eat so yeah for sure i just got to go to italy for the first time last thanksgiving We went to, so my mom hasn't really traveled out of the country very much. And I took her on her first trip to Bogota, Colombia, like five years ago. Um, And and then, which is incredible. If you haven't been, you must go. It's incredible. And then, and then uh, she got the travel bug, you know, because once you leave, you always Mm want to go. And so she she begged me to take her to Italy. So we did Rome first for three days. And then we went down to Sorrento, and then we did Positano, um, uh, Positano, Pompeii, Sorrento, then Naples, then home. Amazing. Those are all such incredible places. For me, the Amalfi Coast is another one that's just like in, 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 out of this world, you know? Yeah. Um, but if I had to like pin down my favorite places in the world and places I continuously return to, it would be Charleston, South Carolina, uh, Kauai, Hawaii. Sicily, Amsterdam, and um, and uh, Lisbon, Portugal. Oh wow! Yeah, Charleston, South Carolina. I love that. Shout out to you, Callie's hot, hot little biscuit. Oh, I love Callie's and uh, Leon's. If anyone ever goes to Charleston, you got to eat at Leon's. Have the fried chicken, get a glass of champagne or prosecco, and eat the oysters too. And you will and and end it with the soft serve ice cream and you will thank me later. I love that. I love that. Callie's also has some of the best pimento cheese I've ever had in my life. Um, before we close out, what uh, tell the people what's next for you. I hope a television show. That's kind of what I'm gunning for right now. I really want to be a TV show host, um, food and travel, some maybe lifestyle. I don't really know. I have some things in the work right now. So it's definitely not something that's out of the question. Um, but what I will say is that is definitely... My goal, growing my company, becoming a millionaire, changing the world for the better, educating people on the beauty of culture around the world. Um, I don't know. I'm going to build an empire. That's essentially it. Yeah. And it looks like you're well on your way. I can't thank you. I can't thank you enough for being on um, and taking time out of your very busy schedule for me today. It's, It's a pleasure and an honor. Uh, <laughs> it's great to finally connect and you know see uh, see your face in real time and like you know because I always say I'm building a big gay food army um and yes. you're de- you're definitely like you know four-star general here I love it <laughs> I, will, I will lead our troops into battle as long as they're wearing spanks 
That's a Spanx. I'm not sorry, Spanx. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back to my old straight days. I'm sorry. There's a, there's uh, a, <laughs> no, there are a whole bunch of gay men out there wearing Spanx. We do not body shame here. So if you wear Spanx, good oh, for sorry. you. <laughs> Keep your Spanx on, girls. You're going to love it. <laughs> all right. Not not everyone has a, a skinny waist. All right. All right, fine. Maybe uh, how about this? Uh, wear an army of gays wearing whatever they want that makes them feel most comfortable with their beautiful bodies. Okay, I was going to just say hot pants and like glitter, but... <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> Maybe a jock strap or two, but yeah. Uh, yes, because you know we we are in full support of jock straps, especially if they are edible. Let the kids know where they can find you. Yes, please come check it out. Join my Instagram at the Grub Father. Become part of the Grub Fam. I promise you will love the journey. Yes. Um, listen, I have been, uh, I can attest that I have been on the ride for a long time and I love every last minute of it. Thank you once again, Sal. Um, this has been really, really Thank incredible. You. And I really, I really just want to like, express how special it is that I got to um, help share your story and how beautiful it was and yeah just how special it is in general so thank you thank once you. I again appreciate it. um out there um it's the end of the summer we got a week left and soon enough we're going to celebrate a year of me doing this ish solo and so <laughs> <laughs> it's been a crazy year and um, just so, such full of joy. And I can't thank you all out there enough. Um, you know what? Keep wearing your masks, stay safe, and see you in September. And with that, thank you for listening to In Yo Mouth. <laughs> <laughs>